Brother Justin, would you come up here, please, just a moment? And uh, this is always a special time for us uh, here at uh, Lake Country when we have our Gideon speaker come to us. And uh, I promised him, I told him earlier, I said, before the service starts, we'll get together and pray. Well, that didn't work out. But uh, before he gets in that podium here in a minute, we're going uh, to have a word of prayer for him. And, uh, but we're excited because our children get excited when you get here. And this has been a tradition ever since uh, uh, I've been here uh, that uh, BBS kids uh, present you with, with their donation that they earn. Well, this past year, we had a sweet lady. She came here and she brought a fishbowl. This is it right here. When she brought this fishbowl, it was full. Her deceased husband had filled it up with money and she brought that and she said, I want to donate this to the children for the Gideon speakers. And it started early in the year. And so they've emptied this fishbowl, filled this fishbowl, emptied this fishbowl, filled this fishbowl multiple times this year. And it's all been given for the children to give to the Gideon speakers. And so they have a, a check that they want to come up here and they want to learn why they're doing this. So we hope today you're going to help fill in those blanks with the kids so they'll know uh, what this is all about and they'll, they'll continue to help in this work. And so if you kids are coming up here, this is our children's church, uh, Pastor and his wife. And uh, so they, they're training them up good and we're trying to help them out best we can. So uh, who, who's going to make this, give this to him? Okay, now come on up. Come on up and speak. You want to say something like <laughs> <laughs> okay. money for the fishbowl last year in July and since then we have collected $2,543.60 for the Gideon's Bibles. Oh there you go. See it's not, it's not, it don't happen until you do it okay. And Wyatt's got something else for you. So that's your, that's your first donation. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank you, praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you all so much. And now, brother, if I get you to come up here, and uh, we're gonna, we're just gonna turn the service over to. Uh, to him today, and uh, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that later. And uh, this is Brother Justin Blackwell. He is a, a Gideon, and uh, we appreciate our Gideon men and uh, and, the, and the women that support them and work with them. It's a wonderful organization. It's a non-denominational organization. It's a unified organization of men from various churches and different denominations. And thank God we've got the unity movement going on now where we're trying to get rid of those divisions and get back to the basics of Amen. Jesus Christ. Right. This, is, uh, this is one of the, uh, 
organizations that has been doing this for years. They've proven it works and it works well. And I didn't even ask him what church he came from. He just told me. And so uh, that that's a good thing. It wouldn't make any difference. He loves the Lord. The Lord loves him. He's a saved man. And that's good enough for me. Amen. Amen. So we're going we're gonna to pray for him. I'm going to pray for him right now. And uh, brother, when we pray for you, we want you to be free. We want you to be liberated. We want you to express what the Lord laid on your heart and tell us about your organization, okay? Let's pray for him. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we lift up Brother Justin to you now. We thank you, Lord, for men who have dedicated their lives and given of themselves to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, not just locally, but across the entire world. Thank you, Father, that they put aside differences and they've realized, God, that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation. And we know, Lord, from the Word, where the Ethiopian unit was reading that Word, he didn't understand it, but God sent someone to, to tell him who he was reading about. And he was saved because of that. These Bibles that they share and they send out have got wonderful, beautiful, miraculous testimonies that come with their deliverance. And they have delivered so many people. And they've caused so many people to not commit suicide, to turn to the Lord Jesus Christ and to be saved. Wonderful, beautiful stories of the power of God and the power of His Word. So, Lord, bless our brother today. Bless him, O oh Lord. Anoint him. And God, give him the words to say that will show these children why they gave this money today. That will show us why we need to give of ourselves and our finances to help this worthwhile work. And God, I know for a fact when Communist China let down their barrier, these men were the only men in the world that had Bibles ready to go to his people. So Lord bless him. Bless him today. There's 46 churches today hearing this, these messages. Bless everyone, God. Anoint all those speakers. And bless the hearts of men and women who hear that they may give with a cheerful heart, glad to be a part of that work. We love you, Lord Jesus. And God, whatever it takes for a lost and dying world to find you, help us to be a part of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I always pray that when I go give a report that it could be a blessing some way, somehow, and it just it just makes it hard on me now because I've received so much blessing already today from this church, from you, so thank you so much. And uh, so, just back to a little bit of the basics. Who are the Gideons? Uh, we're a bunch of nobodies. That's what it is. Just a bunch of nobodies. But the definition is uh, business or professional men born again Christian to do the service for the Lord. And we do that several different ways. We do that through associating. We're an association of, of business and professional men. 
associate together through, with prayer uh, through Bible distributions, as you know, and as you see us uh, doing that. And we'll talk about that here uh, in just a little bit, too. But uh, since 1898, which has been quite a long time, the Lord is still using us, and this morning as I report, I just want to report to you, it's not what we do, it's what the, the Lord allows us to do for Him. Uh, because it's nothing I'm doing, or any other Gideon around this world, there's 62,000 Gideon and their wives around this world that are doing it all. It's how the Lord's using them. And so why am I here this morning? Well, there's going to be... We're going to tie that together. I'm going to, I want to tie into why I'm here this morning. And so, uh, is number one to give a report, but there's another reason. So, as far as uh, I do want to jump right into a, a couple of reports real quick that's happening locally and worldwide over the past year. Uh, then I have a couple of testimonies to talk about. And so, I just want to open up this morning and, and say that uh, the Lord is still using us. He's still using you. And I'll explain that in a little bit. But uh, uh, out of all the 200 countries, territories, and possessions that He allows us to be in this morning, we're, He's still allowing us to give out His precious and holy Word that we're able to do around the world. And uh, now, 109 languages. And uh, that has just recently bumped up one additional language, language and I'll take a few minutes and uh, just shortly uh, to talk about that. And so, uh, now one thing is, I don't anything I say, I, I don't I don't really acknowledge it as being bad news uh, because it's all what God has done. And even though this past year it has fallen off, has fallen off tremendously amount of, with the distributions, uh, the, the Lord has still allowed us to give over 29 million scriptures around the world. Amen. 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 Now, last year, if uh, there was 66 million, wow, that's dropped off quite a bit. Yes. The year before, it was over 90 million, and Come to find out, as, as far as the records go, it's been over 20 years since we've been able to dis distribute this little. Well, what happened? Did we run out of money? Did we run out of laborers? Well, probably a little. We, I think we run out of a little bit of an opportunity. So there were doors closed. But where the Lord closes the doors, there are others open also. And so we just want to give all honor, glory, and praise to the Lord. And every scripture that he allows us to hand out counts. We don't know if we're watering the, the planting the seed or watering the seed and uh, but we just know and we stand on uh, in Isaiah in, in 55 that his word will not return void. Amen. And so yes uh, we, we tend to look at quantity sometimes but we, we definitely want to look at the quality because we know that the Lord's Word will not return void. And so we give honor, glory, and praise to those over 29.2 million scriptures that were given out around the world. Amen. Now, about the uh, 109th language. So, uh, that just started, and 
there was a need in India. India, there were handing out, the Lord allows us to hand out His Word in 24 different languages in the country of India. There's even more languages than that. And so, there was a, there's a group of people up in the northeast part of India, which is a country of more than 1.4 billion people. And we're talking about a country of lost people. I'm, and, we're, and the United States is no exception. But uh, 1.4 billion people that over 80% is Hindu. And so up in, there's three states up there, and there's a group of people called the Brew people. Lord leads your lead, leads your heart to to look that up. It's spelled B R U. That's the brew people. There's a, a po approximately six hundred thousand brew people in the northeast part of India, and uh, so they got together and they're like, "Listen, this is uh, they have their own language. They have their everything, you know, and we're not able to distribute God's precious and holy word." in their own language. So they got together and they started printing up some, some scriptures and started to hand them out. So I want you to pray over and pray about those 600,000 possible people, potential, that we can reach and win over to the Lord Jesus Christ Amen. because that's what it's all about. Amen. You know, that's the main objective. And, and I have to tell myself repeatedly all the time, myself, what is the objective of the Gideon? We can't lose focus. It's to win men, women, boys, and girls to the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. Amen. That's the, that's the objective. Yes. Nothing else matters. We, we focus upon that. And we just keep our eyes focused upon the Lord helping uh, to and, and allowing Him to use us. We, are, we sure are appreciative. And this morning again, why am I here? Well, I can, I'm here to report to you because you're a part of this. You are. I, I don't know if you don't think you are or you think you, but you are. You are. That's why I'm reporting to you. And so uh, these brew people are in a need of the Lord Jesus, just like every other person in this world of probably around 8 billion people. We know that over half the people are lost. We don't know the numbers. But uh, just pray for those people. And I know one thing this morning. When I say that word, I know that you guys take it by heart because I know this morning when I walked in here, I walked into a praying church this morning. And I want to thank you so much. And that's what we need more than anything is prayer. And I want, that's why I'm here this morning. Another reason why I'm here, just to, not to give you a report, but to thank each and every one of you for your prayer. Because what we know in God's Word is that prayer works. Amen. Yeah, prayer amen. works. And we just want to, I just just thank Him for you and just continue to, for Him to use this church. <coughs> and we thank you for allowing us to be part of this church. And I will, uh, I have a, a, a scripture at closing to tie us in together while we're, while we're partners and extend an arm of this church to go out and to reach lost souls around the world. So what's happened? What's happening locally? Well, locally, uh, the Lord is still doing what He's doing and having those doors open and giving us opportunities. And locally, all the schools are open for us to give scriptures to the families. Thank you.
and uh, there has been a, a camp that closed down uh, due to uh, age was, uh, over in Louisiana. So uh, it's probably been about five or six years ago where this local camp here, the Atlanta camp, picked up where the other camp had to close down and uh, didn't miss a beat and still going over there and, and giving out Bibles to over there in, in Vivian area and all that. And so uh, it's a little more work for this camp, but the camp has been able to do it and has not missed opportunities and have taken every one of those opportunities. So uh, they have uh, one thing. Uh, I do want to comment and ask for your prayer because that's why I'm here again this morning. It's a twofold thing to report, but to ask for prayer is to pray for the jail ministry. And this local camp's jail ministry is in Linden, and they're still unable to, that door has not opened yet. It, the, the, they, they usually go every Sunday. That, that door has been closed for quite a while. Uh, just the, uh, our local camp, Morris Cass, camp, Morris Cass, which is the western part of Cass, and then Atlanta camp is the, all the rest of the part of the county. But Morris Cass, uh, that door just opened back up on Father's Day. They, they do give us restrictions. We used to go every Sunday. And the Lord, uh, uh, the Lord has blessed that, opened the door back up, and, and uh, they allow us to go two, days, uh, two Sundays a week. And uh, they have uh, given us guidelines, and they have stood by what they said they're going to do and allow us to go in there and reach those people that are in the jail. Okay? So we want to give all the glory and praise to the Lord for that. And uh, so they do have uh, different mission projects within the camp that they've given out scriptures to. Uh, more than 300 there. Uh, more than 300 to all the schools, to the fifth grade especially as where that goes now they didn't uh they canceled the the bank the fair in bloomberg last time and so there was no distributions there and then uh, uh there was uh they they found a few um bibles missing at the hotels and motels just a few and so they went and replenished uh inside those 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 uh rooms and so we always tell people uh you know when people when those come up missing well, they're not stealing God's word. No. We, we encourage and tell people, listen, you know, when we tell the hotel desk, hey, if those come up missing, just let us know. They're not really missing. God knows where they are. And maybe that person didn't have a copy of God's word and didn't need it. That he or she needed it. We just want to go and give us opportunity to replenish. And so we, uh, we want to thank God for that. So uh, as far as the jails, now... Uh, the next camp over is typically responsible for, uh, which is New Boston, which is responsible for out there at the Barry Telford unit. Okay, so there used to be a time where they allowed the Gideons to come in and go through there, but the Gideons get, would get wore out. They would get walking up and walking down, and they couldn't handle a whole day trying to reach all 25, estimated 2,500 men that are incarcerated in there so uh, that door had closed where we couldn't go in but God's word was not closed out of there so the chaplain every now and again the chaplain will make a call and says okay we're running low on Bibles can you get us some Bibles and Amen. we do that they called um, they called last fall and said 
can you get us some Bibles? He says, yes, sir. Uh, can you know how many do you need? Do you need for you know would a thousand work? Oh yeah, that would be <laughs> wonderful if you can get us a thousand Bibles. So we actually called into the state uh, uh, Gideons, and and they sh shipped them directly from headquarters out of Nashville into the prison. And to get them to get them distributed Praise through God. there. Amen. Praise, Amen. Praise, Amen. The, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And so I tell you what, the gospel is like the Lord says, good news. Amen. Good news. And uh, so we just thank him for that. Um, now as far as uh, uh, another uh, testimony I wanted to tell you about. Uh, this happened. It might have been. It might have been a little over a year. But it might have been early last year. And it was a woman named Leah. She called us. She called in, and I don't remember where she called in to. She might have called in uh, to Gideon in Dallas, or she might have called in to headquarters in Tennessee. But she had been uh, involved in a big, a big ordeal. She had. Uh, just uh, gotten off work late one night in downtown Dallas, and she stopped at a convenience store. Well, two guys grabbed her, and right across the street was a motel room, and they drug her across the room, uh, across the street. And as uh, she, uh, uh, they were dragging her, and they were starting to drag her up the stairs, there was a whole bunch of other men, more than probably eight or ten, that was there, and they threw her in the room. And uh, she, she knew what was going to happen. And, uh, but uh, she made a. She knew she. She's like Lord. I hope one of. The, I hope you got a. I hope your word is in that one of them drawers. She made a beeline over the bed, and opened the drawer and grabbed a Bible, a Gideon placed Bible, and uh, it. It. She got it, fumbled it, and it fell down, and uh, it opened up, and she started started reading from it, and so I want to. I want to read the two scriptures, or the two, uh, I want to read this scripture here uh, that she had read, and she read it out loud, She's, and this was in Psalms 59, and verses 1 and 2, and it says, Deliver me from mine enemies, O my God, defend me from them that arise up against me, deliver me from the workers of iniquity, and save me from bloody men. And she got that, and and, and uh, she happened to just open her. She op she lifted her head. Nobody was there. Mm -hmm. wow. Nobody was there. Mm -hmm. right. And she really didn't know how many was there, but they uh, hey, when the officers came, they were taking uh, fingerprints and all of that, and and they were and they had a couple of witnesses. But we want to give. All honor and glory and praise for our Lord. Amen. He, he is our healer, our comforter. He is our protector. And He's still in the business. Amen. Doing what He's doing. Amen. And I'll tell you what, I, I fall short every day whenever I have some little doubt. Whenever I don't... Why? Why, Lord? Why did I, why did I think You're not in control at that one second? Shame on me. Shame on me, Lord. Forgive me. Forgive me. And uh, I wanted to share that with you. Uh, I want to go back real quick to the prison at, at the Barry Telford unit. 
there was a gentleman there named Roy Beaven. He had actually escaped from prison. I don't know if it was from that prison, but he got put in that in that uh, Barry Telford unit, and uh, he pretty much figured out he's going to be in there for the rest of his life at that time, because because he escaped when you know when he got out, he, or when he escaped, he got of course got caught, but. So, he said, he figured out and he's like, nah, I'm just going to take my own life. I'm going to be here the rest of my life anyway. So, he had it figured out what he was going to do that night after shutdown. And there was a gentleman, another person incarcerated in the cell over. He said, Roy, Roy, what are you doing? Oh, I'm not doing anything. Hey, I got something for you. And he threw a book over he went ahead and reached and grabbed it. It was a Bible. Do not un I understand. The Lord, the Lord's in control. The Holy Spirit showed up that, that night. But I'm like, how did he open up to what he needed to open up to? But it's 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 God's precious and holy word. Amen. And I don't know the scripture that he that he shared. Or he read. But that man changed his mind about taking his life. Yeah. And he actually started up uh, a uh, Bible time in that prison. I don't know if he's still in there or not. It's been a while back. But uh, we don't, you know, God's going to use who He wants to use. Amen. He is. And I know He's using this church. He's using this church. So what ties us together? I know I'm here to report to you this morning. Why have I come? Well, I was invited to come, of course, but it's a little more than that even. And there's a scripture I, I do want to use and read uh, in Matthew 28. If you want to turn to there. And for the meantime, uh, so, what do we need more than anything? Prayer. And we again, I, I want to thank you so much for your prayer. If you do nothing else but pray for the Gideon, you've already done more than enough. Already. But there is there is more. There's a uh, there's three three ways uh, that the church can support. Uh, number one by far is prayer, and I and I know I. I I can never get tired of talking about prayer and asking for it and giving prayer and saying it. But uh, uh, financial, and of course, this church has already shown uh, that uh, giving is optional. It is optional. Another thing is to labor with us. So there's three ways. This church does the trifecta in the Gideons because you do have a a, a, a member of this church that's a Gideon. Mm -hmm. yep. And so, as far as me asking the church to come labor with us, you already do. Now there might be more. Now of course this is not a man's ministry. Of course. This is a husband and wife ministry. But, uh, so we've, I know in the past I've encouraged some, some wives to nudge their husbands. I, I need, <laughs> might need to consider joining. But, uh, uh, we do have a, a, a certain list of qualifications, although uh, having a church home and being a born-again believer 
is certainly already, uh, we already know you met that qualification. If anybody uh, it feels led to join, I know whenever I joined, or when I joined, I, I ran for 16 months before before I, I, I give up. So, but I want to thank you for being able to pray for us, for your giving that goes and buys Bibles. A dollar and 30 cents will buy this scripture inside the United States. Outside the United States, it takes about, on average, a dollar and 20 cents. I know I can't buy. What can you buy for a dollar thirty cents? You can't buy a gallon of milk. You can't buy a carton of eggs. You can't buy a gallon of gas. Yeah, but it does buy a New Testament with Psalms and Proverbs of the Old to go and give us opportunity to hand this over to a lost person. The Bibles that we put in the motels and hotels that the Lord allows us to put in there. It takes $5 to print and uh, get that one shipped out. And so we just want to thank you for, for that. So, in Matthew, I want to read this scripture that ties us together. And verse in chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. Amen. The Great Commission. That's what ties us together. That's what ties us together. The Great Commission that the Lord Jesus has given this church to do. And you have opened your arms for the Gideons and allowed us to be an extended arm of this church. Thank you for that opportunity. We do it for our Lord Jesus Christ on behalf of the Christ-led New Testament church. Amen. And the thing is, you do not need us. We need you. We need you. You don't. You don't need it. But thank you for that opportunity. And as we're partnered together, and as as we continue to partner, and we go out these doors into the mission field together as a body, and reach those lost people around the world. You can do it locally. Get invite them into church. <clears throat> Ask them about their salvation if they repented of their sins. When you get to a point where you've got a you've made it to a dead end some way, somehow, just remember the Lord opens and closes the doors. And just because the doors closed to you doesn't mean that it would be closed to some someone else that the Lord's using. And we'll and so remember us as you go out there, and when we're as we're out there, we'll remember you because when we get to a place to where we might think there's a dead end, we'll remember you and pray for you and pray that the Lord's going to use you to get get beyond that brick wall. Amen. 
again, thank you so much. And just remember, prayer works. Prayer works. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you, Brother Justin, for that. And uh, y'all know good and well when uh, he gets down, i got to get up here and preach just a minute. Uh, but uh, thank you so much. Uh, and you're right, we do have representatives. We have uh, uh, Carrie and, and, and uh, Randy. I'll call his name here in just a minute. <laughs> get out of that ring. I do know him very well. But Randy, Randy and Carrie are all together today. She's singing and he's preaching. So praise God for that. And so we do have a, 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 an arm from this church, from this local assembly. Uh, we learned at the Gideon's banquet uh, the other night that we had two of our precious Gideon elders. You know the man, that, uh, Brother Virgil Fernando, that, that uh, organizes all this. You know he's 85 years old. Wow. Did you know almost every one of those Gideons are 70 and older? When John Shelton and Brother Randy came in at 40-ish, they thought, whoo, yes, finally. <laughs> you heard him say the organization in, in Cattle Parish down here had to close. Why? They got too old. Let me ask you a question. Where are the young men? Amen. Where are the willing ones to put a Bible in a place for a woman who was fixing to be molested and abused could use the power of the Word of God. I'd like to know what those men saw when she read that scripture. They might have saw what that donkey in Balaam saw. I don't know what turned them away or who turned them away, or what they saw. I know who turned them away. Amen. The Amen. Lord did. Thank you. we got to trust the Lord. His Word is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to divide asunder between the joint of the marrow and the soul and the spirit. Man, it's powerful. The Bible tells us in John chapter 1, verse 14, that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace. Jesus Christ became the Word. Do you think, you, you realize what that means? That means He is all of this. Amen. And I was looking in Psalm 119. How, how many of you know what Psalm 119 is? Most of you say, well, that's it. That's the longest chapter in the Bible. You know what that 119 is about? It's about the law, about the precepts, about the Word of God. What it's all about. That's why it's so long. It took the psalmist that wrote that a long time to talk about the Word. And when you look at Jesus as the Word... <coughs> that became flesh, when you look in this psalm, you can take that word where it says word, 
and just put his name there. And it's a description of him. Let me give you an example. Psalm 119, verse 11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now listen to this. Jesus have I put in my heart that I might not sin against you. Isn't that beautiful? Because that's who he is. That's who the psalmist is writing about. Listen to this one. 119.16 I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will for not forget thy word. Now listen to this. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Well, it makes it sound so much better, don't it? Gooder. Gooder. Even. Verse 41. And I'm just taking a sampling of a few of these. You can substitute his name all through this and not take anything away from the Scripture because he is the Scripture. It's all about him. It's his. 41. Let thy mercies come also unto me, O Lord, even thy salvation according to your word. Oh, but listen to it this way. Let thy mercies come also unto me, O Lord, even thy salvation according to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He's our Savior, and salvation comes only through Him. Amen. 105. The Word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. Oh, I love this one. <coughs> Jesus Christ is a light to my feet and a lamp to my pathway. These are just a few. We could go through that whole chapter, that whole psalm, and put Jesus' name in there. And He becomes everything we need. He becomes everything we want to be. He gives us the power to do everything He's asked us to do. And it's up to us just to do it. And when His Word is read, that these men hand out, never underestimate the power of that word and what it has to offer a person. It has kept a lot of people from killing themselves. It's delivered people from their enemies. It's led people to salvation. It can change a prison inmate from a thief and a liar and maybe even a murderer to a teacher of God's Word. There's no sin that cannot be forgiven except making yourself God. And there's nothing that cannot be overcome by the Word that became flesh and spilled His blood that we can be redeemed. That's the power of the Word. That's the power of the God of the Word. That's the power that these wonderful, beautiful men and their wives leave laying around. 
I like what he said about people stealing the Bibles from the hotel. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Because it can turn the thief into a saint. Yep. Amen. And what they meant for bad, God meant it for good and he made arrangements for it to happen. Amen. He sees everything. I love y'all. Thank you, brother, for that wonderful, wonderful sermon this morning. Thank you for reminding us what we can do and who we can be to help. And young men, you got any inkling that you might be interested in this, I promise you they're going to bend over backwards to welcome you in. Amen. Amen. They need some vitality. And well, I thank God for our old men. For, for Brother Virgil, 85 years old, you try to keep up with him. Amen. You know why? He's got so much energy and strength because he's doing such a wonderful work. Yes. And God's keeping him strong. Pray for these men. We're going to give you here in a minute an opportunity to give. Brother Justin's going to be standing through those double doors with his Bible open. If you have a gift that you'd like to give him, he will take that and everything you give will go toward a buying a Bible. Nothing else, it's used for nothing else. They pay their own dues, they pay their own way, they don't get salaries, they love Jesus Christ. And they want to see people saved. That ought to be all of our goals. No, it is great to be in the house of the Lord tonight, for sure. Amen. Yeah. Be blessed back here at my home church. Amen. Uh, this morning I did, was out with the Gideons, of course, and uh, got to share with my <coughs> church, and I'll get to that a little bit later. But the first thing I want to talk about is the Bible for a minute. You know, this book right here, I carry this in my pocket daily. And sometimes I get kind of convicted of just carrying it. It's easy to carry something. But you got to open the thing up. I carry this thing all day, and this thing can look tattered. It look like I've been reading this thing up, down, inside, out. But if I don't open it, what good has it done for me? So we got to make sure we got Bibles laying in homes everywhere, coffee tables inside of cars, and the pages are still crisp as can be. Some of them still stuck together because they ain't been opened. Oops! We got to open this Bible up. We got to read it. The thing about it is, this contains the heart of God. It shows us the way to live, the way to believe, and the way to love others. It gives us the rules of righteous living. It gives us something that we're all searching for, truth. It gives us comfort and peace in times of trouble. And it gives us faith each time that we actually open it. We've got to make sure we open this. Read it. You know, the words of this book is so powerful. The thing is, a lot of people, we take it for granted. You know, most of it, like I just said, we've got Bibles. But how much time do we spend in them? 
you know, a lot of times we got the remote control, we got the iPhone, they get more attention than this right here does. Amen. And that's not good. No. <clears throat> you know, we are a people that's been trained by the world and it schemes to take us away from the truth that we need to live a life that is productive for God. A life that is a witness to what we say we believe in. A life of thanks to a God that sent His only Son to a rugged cross that we put Him on so that we can have eternal life. You know, folks, we're each called to be a disciple. We accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior. We are called to go to work. Not just to sit around. It's easy to sit down. Amen, we are called to go to work for God. Amen. It's not by our works that we're going to be saved. We know that. It's by His grace and mercy that we receive that. But if we love the Lord and we commit our lives to Him like we say we do when we're saved, through our works shows our commitment to Him to others out there that can be saved as well through our works. You know, we are called to help change the world by spreading the good news. The news of a Savior that learns to hear from each of us. Isn't that amazing? We serve a God that is all-powerful. He is, I am. But He yearns to hear from each one of us. He loves us that much and cares for us. You know, a lot of people, Christians, I'm going to talk about Christians for a minute, <laughs> think I'm not capable of doing God's work. You know, think, well, I'm a Christian, I believe in God, but I can't stand up there in front of a crowd. I can't go over there and witness to somebody. You know, it's just, I'm Randy. You know, for years of my life, after I met Carrie, whenever I found out who God was, I thought the same thing. I'm not worthy to do anything for God. Best thing I can do is just stand in a corner, be quiet, praise Him, but don't get in front of anybody and talk to them because I may act like an idiot or may not know what I'm talking about. I still do that today. I'm 46 years old. <laughs> but the fact is, we have to be committed in our works. We have to be committed in sharing what God has shared to each of us in this room right here. And we have to be committed in doing that so these other people out there in this world that are lost will have a chance to see Jesus like we have. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, the facts are, you know, is that the church today is hurting, okay? I've been to 20-some-odd churches since I've joined the Gideon ministry over two and a half years ago. The decline of the people that's coming into the churches are at all-time low. That's not just in small churches. That's in churches that have got coffee shops, they got the smoke machines, the live bands, you know, 500 chairs sitting out there. Amen, brother. They're 40, 50% low on people coming in. The pandemic came. What'd that do? Declined even more. But fear, the devil, hey, he's out on the prowl, folks. He is out there trying to kill, steal, and destroy what anything that God has to do with. And that is including right here. This place is under attack. Amen. Okay. And the thing about it is, God... <laughs> and the devil. Amen. He's bigger than he is. And we know who's going to come out on top on the end. Amen. The fact is, we are part of his army. Amen. Okay. We're called, like I said earlier, 
we committed to Jesus as our Savior, we're called to do His work. Right. We join the greatest army that there ever has been and ever will be. Okay, He gives us power that we can't imagine. All we have to do is ask for it, pray for it, and listen for it. The Holy Spirit speaks daily, but we miss it a lot because we're not listening. <coughs> too caught up in the world, too caught up in personal things and work and jobs and that kind of thing, and we miss God a lot. Okay? And that's one reason why, you know, I wanted to be here tonight is to talk about the work of the Gideon. <coughs> it's because that uh, it's even under attack. Okay? Yeah, yeah. The Bibles that we put in the hotels and motels through the uh, Memorial Bible Fund that we put out there, they have a chance of servicing 2,300 people in a six-year time. One Bible. Okay? Do the math. That one Bible can touch 2,300 people. So you do the math on that. There's a lot of people out there that can read the Bible in a hotel or motel. And the thing about hotels and motels, people are this. A lot of people, they go there when they're in despair. They're in hurting. They're in need of something greater. And when they open that nightstand up and that Bible's sitting there, we don't know how many people's lives have been changed by that. I heard earlier that, you know, sometimes you open it up, the Bible's not there. Some people actually take the Bibles home with them. Mm -hmm. Which, hey, that's, that's fine and dandy. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what we want. <laughs> is that word to be living and active in that person that's lost life. Mm -hmm. I got a testimony of a lady in uh, Las Vegas. She went there in despair. She went there, she's down on her money and her luck. She went there with big ideas and big dreams thinking she's going to make the money there and be able to pay for all of her debt and everything off. She got there and she lost every single thing that she had. And then as she got back to her hotel room, she felt lower than she did when she got there. She opened up the nightstand, the Gideon Bible was there, she began to read it. She stole it. <laughs> she took it home with her. And on her plane ride home, she was saved by God. 34,000 <laughs> Amen. Because you give him place Bible in that hotel room. Yeah. Uh -huh. That's what we're about. Okay? It's putting Bibles out there for people that has a need. And that needs met by God's Word. Okay? Amen. These, these ho the hotel Bibles, they're larger Bibles. They're about this size. And, uh, of course, the New Testaments. These are $5 for the hotel size Bibles, and these are around a dollar a piece. So today, with you guys taking up an offering of $3,400, $3,500, that's a possibility of 3,500 Bibles being bought to go to the hands of those that need it most. That is beyond awesome. Okay. I, want, I mean, personally, to our church, <laughs> all you guys, my friends, my family, has done a great thing. When the uh, fishbowl bill first started up, you know, it, it was overwhelming to me, to say the least. And then every Sunday, I wouldn't say anything about it because I was still overwhelmed. I look up here and there's a change in it. Every Sunday, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. A few Sundays, I even got to go back here and actually count some money. And we even found some weird coins from other other states and the other overseas or somewhere. You know, we found a lot of different things. But, but just knowing that a church being committed to back, not just me, but the Gideon ministry means a lot to me. And like I said, if it wasn't for churches like yourselves, 
we wouldn't even have a Gideon ministry, okay, at all, period. It takes churches like you to give to make it happen. So we put Bibles out there. Uh, like I'm sure Justin said today, all Bibles that are purchased through the Gideon, your donations, all that money is bought, is paid, to, I mean, is spent on Bibles and the distribution of it only. You know, the Gideons, we make no money doing that. We pay a, a, a fee, a yearly fee for our, uh, uh, what do you call it? <coughs> Membership fee. And then that money there goes to pay the <coughs> cost for the national office, which is in Tennessee. And next time I go through Tennessee, I'm hoping I can stop by there and actually walk through there. They said they'd give me a tour, anybody who is a Gideon. But also, <coughs> you know, there is another need on the Gideons. It's uh, people. You know, I'm, I don't know if Justin talked about that this morning, but Atlanta Camp, it's called Atlanta Camp because it's based out of Atlanta, Texas. Okay, it services this area right here in Atlanta, Queen City, Rodessa, uh, Vivian, Louisiana, Ida, Louisiana, and Lemon also. Okay, big major part of Cass County. Most camps are named after either a city or a county. Okay, we have 18 members in Atlanta Camp. We only have 13 that's actually active, you know, as far as being there daily. Uh, four or five of those members there are over 84 years old, okay? I'm the youngest one there, I'm 46, and I'm not a spring chicken. I mean, I get up, my back hurts, my knees different one day to the next, and my foot hurts for some reason sometimes. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I'm the youngest guy in my camp. I'm the second youngest guy there is in our area. I think Justin is the youngest one in our whole Northeast Texas area, actually. But uh, so the Gideon ministry is a ministry that I'm not going to say is dying because I don't think it's ever going to die, but the numbers are definitely going down. We've got 300,000 members of Gideons across the world in over 195 different countries. Okay, That sounds like a lot of members. That's in 195 countries. That's not right here in the United States of America. Okay, So we're always in the need for anybody that feels like they're called to become a Gideon or just give it a shot or want to know more about it. Be able to come and they can talk to me about it or they can come to a meeting in Atlanta. We meet at uh, First United Methodist Church uh, in Atlanta at 6.30 on Sunday mornings. Every Sunday we meet. And our meetings usually consist of about a 45 minute meeting We'll go over the new rallies that's coming up. We can sign up for those. Uh, if we can speak at those rallies or do our work there. And uh, you're not, being a Gideon is not just getting behind the pulpit. I mean, make that clear. A lot of people think if I become a Gideon, I've got to stand behind the pulpit and I've got to share a message. No, it's not true. There's a jail ministry there that works throughout the, Gide the Gideons also. And then also there's people there just for support and help. They go out and hand out Bibles to schools, colleges, stuff like that. Well, like I said, we've got 18 and we only have nine qualified speakers in our group. We have eight more of us there just to help pray for and actually go out and help give out Bibles to school and stuff as well. So it's not about if you join the Gideon that you're going to be, get behind the pulpit and speak, stuff like that. There are other things there to be done. And it's not only for men. There is an auxiliary there for women to join too. And they get to help distribute Bibles also and also do different parts of the works of the Gideons that we do, uh, like domestic violence shelters. Uh, they can speak to women that are in need of, of the Bible. <coughs> so there's work for all people to be able to join and help with. But like I said earlier, donations definitely make that possible. Uh, <clears throat> this morning, I was in Ida, Louisiana, 
and a little small church, Bethsaida uh, Baptist. That church has been there for a long time. It's very, very old. I think it was 130 some odd years old, about as long as the Gideons has actually been. 1800s, when they're 1899, I think, is when the Gideons started. And that church has been around for at least that long. So I thought that's pretty, you know, the numbers there were so close together, it's pretty amazing. But the thing about it is, we got there at 10, 15, and start, service started, they said they'd have somebody there at 10.30 to open the doors. Well, you know, 10.27 rolls around, 10.35, one car shows up. Older man gets out, he opens the door up, and I said, well, let's wait five more minutes before we just jump out of here. Like, you know, we don't feel like we just want to just run, bum rush him into church, you know. Well, nobody's, another truck pulls up right beside us, but they go across to the cemetery to put out flowers. Okay, well, well there's three, you know. So me and Carrie, we get out. We decided to go ahead and walk in the church. We ain't got about 15 minutes before it starts. And I wanted to help greet people as they come in and, you know, find out how the service was going. We get in there, he's sitting there by himself. 84 years old. He's been there for 30 years at that church. They didn't have a music leader. They have nobody there to play the piano. They have nobody there to sing music to them. And by the time we got ready to do the service, there was five other, there was seven other people that showed up. There was nine total, including me and Carrie. And they just said, the pastor was out. He was on his way to uh, Colorado. They just said, just do what y'all want to do. We don't, we don't even know what to do. So Carrie done the music. <laughs> Praise God. And I got to bring the message. I told him they didn't want me singing, so for sure. <laughs> but, uh, but I'll tell you something about this morning's service. Music has a way ministering to people Amen. and you could tell when she started singing I'm gonna get emotional that something in that room was different right. I'd never been there before but you could hear them singing with a joy mm -hmm. because they haven't been able to do that in a while so church I'm telling you you just don't understand how blessed we are here to have what we have Amen. There's churches all over this area here that are struggling big time. I got up there. I did my talk. I got to bring the full message because the pastor was gone. And uh, I like doing that. <laughs> but uh, as we're talking and going on and at the end of the service, the guy comes up to me. He gives me a couple of checks and that kind of thing for the purchase of Bibles. And... Uh, those seven members, they had $370. I'll tell you what they gave and uh, Which is a lot of money for a church that don't have anything. As the conversation went on, they had to cancel their insurance policy. They can't pay for the insurance at the church. They don't even know how much longer they're going to even have to be able to pay for pastor to preach. So, there again, there are, pre there are churches out there that is in dire need. And this isn't the first one I've been to like that. I've been to a half a dozen out of the 20 churches I've been to that are in the exact same boat. So whenever I say the church is hurting, we need to be praying. Okay? Because there's a lot of churches out there that's in these smaller areas like Ida, Louisiana. And you've got a low number of people there. And they're trying be filled by the Holy Spirit. They're doing their part trying to go to church. The money's not there and the other members aren't showing up. So it makes it really, really hard and difficult on them. 
So we're blessed here at this church, like I said. Amen. And uh, I have been at other churches that 180 people there, and they're just moving on like nothing's even happened, even with the pandemic, you know. But uh, like I said, the majority of the churches I've been in are down on numbers in a decline, and uh, just as well as there is a decline in the Gideon enrollment, okay? The Gideon enrollment has dropped about 45% in the last two years. And some of that reason is because of the pandemic, numbers show, but there has always been a steady decline in people wanting to join the Gideon ministry. And like I said, we are a ministry that's out in over 200 countries daily, every two seconds, every two seconds, one of these is passed out. If you can just think about that, every two seconds. Over two billion Bibles have been passed out since 1908, I believe it has been. But even with those kind of numbers, folks, there's still 4.2 billion people out there that have never heard about Jesus Christ. They don't even know who He is. And that's why I say we take this for granted because there's people out there that are searching for this. And we've got it. So we need to take and use it the way it should be used. Amen. Uh, and like I said, the very first, I want to go back to the Gideon's uh, deal. The very first church I ever went into to speak at a Gideon's church, uh, it was in Winsboro, Texas. Actually, my very first assignment. And I'm a nervous person anyway, generally, okay? But when I got up there, it gave, it gave me 10 minutes, okay? 10 minutes, I'm like, oh, 10 minutes, I can do 10 minutes, you know? <laughs> well, 10 minutes, as long as 10 minutes I've ever had my whole entire life, I tell you that. Because they didn't, he had a, one of those microphones that you wear, and they handed me a microphone to hold. Well, the whole time I'm holding it, I'm, I'm doing this right here, you know? <laughs> so finally, I just had to set it on the pulpit so it'd be still so I could talk. It sounded like I was trying to sing or something, you know? <laughs> That's how nervous I was on my first church. But that church there had 17 people there. And that pastor, he was in despair. When he came in, he was embarrassed that only 17 people showed up because the Gideon was going to be there to speak that Sunday. And he had told me, he said, you know, a lot of times when I know a Gideon's coming, I won't even tell the congregation because people don't come. I said, that's, that's sad, you know. People won't show up because of Gideon's coming, like you were talking about earlier. And the thing about it is, he said, you know, a lot of it's got to do with the politics of the church. They don't want the Gideons to get the money because they need the money for the church to operate. Well, you know, there's always a thing, too, it's called you got to give to receive a lot of times. And this church does that. And that's why we're so blessed in many different ways. But anyway, <clears throat> going back to me being blessed by my very first Gideon service, I got up there, I shook myself to death while I was standing up there, scared, nervous, and everything. If I was a leaf on a tree, you know, I'd be like one in a 90 mile an hour wind. I, could just, I was just flapping everywhere. But I got my talk done. I felt pretty good about it when I went to sit down. And uh, as I was sitting there, I, when I was speaking, actually a guy got up and left. I was like, oh man, I done talked to somebody out of church, you know? <laughs> And I was just like, well, I mean, maybe something happened, you know. I just give it the benefit of the doubt. Well, I go up there and sit down at the front pew, and 
the pastor there, he gets up there and he starts preaching. And he is, he's on fire too. I mean, he is, he is preaching directly from the Word. And I mean, I'm off into it and I'm sitting there going, yeah, I'm liking what I'm hearing here. The Lord's, he's there, the Holy Spirit's there. And that guy that walked out, I felt something come up beside me because I was tunnel vision on the pastor. And I felt a little wind and I turned and looked. I felt somebody reach out and they had their hand like this and he grabbed my hand and opened it up. Change fell out into it. And I immediately, I got very emotional. He whispered in my ear, he said, I never knew what I was supposed to do with any of my monies. I don't have much. I went to my truck after I heard you talk and I dug around every corner and crack and cranny I could find, and this is all I got to give you. Well, it ended up being like three dollars and eighty cents. I told and I told him, I said, at the end of the deal when I had to count the money, he was still hanging out to buy his truck after smoking a cigarette, actually in his truck. I went by and I said, you know what? You gave me three dollars and eighty cents. I said, that's three Bibles. Somebody has a chance, three people or more if it's passed through many hands that has a chance to know the Lord Jesus Christ. I said, that's worth more than $3 million to me right now. And he began to shed tears about it. And uh, I told him, he started talking about the Gideon ministry and what he would like to try to get involved in it. I told him who he needed to go speak to at the camp at the end of that service. And uh, I'm not sure if he ever got in contact with him. Or if he, he might be a Gideon now, I've never seen him at any of the other rallies at that area. But uh, just to know, <clears throat> it's kind of like the, the story with the lady that gives the two cents, the two pennies. You know, it's kind of like this guy right here. It's not always about the money. It's about the heart and everything. Yeah. And that's even with us. That's even with me standing behind here tonight even talk about the Gideons. It's not about Randy. It's not about, you know, what I say, what I do. It's about following this right here and what the Holy Spirit tells me to do. And, uh, but like I said, that was my first experience as a Gideon speaker at the very first church I went to. <clears throat> a lot of the other churches I went to, I've had some similar experiences. And speaking earlier about, you know, not being welcomed, and then sometimes you'll get a full service, they give you 15 minutes. I've been in there before, they say, hey, you got 20 minutes. When I get on the stage to do my 20 minute speech, he says, you got three minutes. Or running behind. So I went from a 20 minute talk to a three minute speech. It happens all the time. And uh, so we prepare for whatever time frame they give us. And they don't want us to go over because we want it to be according to their plan that, they, that the church sets up for us. But there are churches out there like that, like I said. And there had been there was one church that uh, Gideon went drove 20 miles beyond where he had to go to a church and he got there and they told him he couldn't do the service that day because something else had came up. So he, he planned his time to go and then he couldn't even do the service. So, but most of the time though, we are received in the church. Uh, most, most of the times they let us come in and you know present the Gideon's uh, message, our mission, what we're about. And uh, I haven't been turned away yet. My time has been cut short. But it's amazing what the God, what God can do in the time that we have if we'll just use it. <laughs> That's the thing. You know, in a day's time, 
24 hours. How much time do we spend either in this or working with it to others out there that may need it? You know, that's self-reflection and self-evaluation that we all need in our life to look at. How much time do we actually spend in God's Word? How much time do we actually spend in the calling that He's called each of us to do? You know, you know, tonight's message isn't about, you know, me trying to pound you over the head and tell you we're not doing enough. Look at the world. It's pretty much self-explanatory. We're Christians. We got a world out there that is going downhill fast. And if we don't step up and do our part that we're called to do, it's going to keep going down faster and faster and faster. Another thing too is, <clears throat> we know there's 4.2 million people out there that never heard God's Word. And you know, a lot of us think that the end times are coming and they're here. But the thing about it is, folks, they ain't here yet. We still got a lot of work to do. Amen. The way I look at it is, if we have breath, we're able to profess the Lord Amen. in some way, form, or fashion. Amen. If we can't speak, if we can still move, if we can still hand this to somebody. That speaks volumes right there, don't it? Uh, another thing I want to say about the Gideons, real quick, too, is the schools. We go to a lot of schools here in this area. We hand out a lot of Bibles Atlanta, Queen City, a few in Louisiana, Bloomberg. Uh, there is one uh, school in Louisiana on the line over there that they won't let us in. So when I say that even things are getting harder for us to put this out there in places, it's not in California. That's it's right. not in New York City. Right. It's right here in the area we live in. Okay? So that's what I'm talking about. The Bible is getting harder and harder even for us to even put in, even though we've been around for 131 year, uh, 122 years after this year. So prayers are always accepted for the Gideons. Uh, they're needed more than, than anything right now, honestly. Uh, the donations is beyond great because if we don't have the money, we can't purchase Bibles to get them out there. Amen. Uh, we ship, me and Carrie, we, we ship 50 Bibles off to, 40 Bibles off to Uganda a while back. And just to ship Bibles to Uganda is over $150. It took almost three months for him to even get the package from the United, from the post office. It sat in Miami for two and a half, three weeks, and then it took forever for him to get over there. But he did get the package, and those Bibles there would be distributed to about seven orphanages in that area there. And uh, Uganda is a, it's a place where there's a lot of sex trafficking on the kids. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, money is very, very hard, scarce jobs, there's hardly nothing there. And uh, anything that, <clears throat> that can be given for them to be used is repurposed in many, many ways. Uh, but God's Word, they're these, the Bible in, in those areas there in a lot of different countries, they're not just used for, you know, uh, training up the child and the Lord. They're learning for them to, they're, they're using them to learn how to read. You know, what better way from, a, from somebody to learn about God and learn how to read the Word of God? Mm -hmm. That happens a lot in these, uh, these foreign countries. Amen. But, uh, but like I said, we definitely appreciate y'all, what y'all done for us. I mean, if I could do a cartwheel without spring my back, I probably would right now with a $3,500 donation to the Gideon Ministry from you guys. I mean, that, that is beyond awesome. Uh, like I said, uh, I'm not sure the total of what we raised today in this area through the different churches. I'll be able to get that Sunday when I go, and I'll give y'all a report.
whenever I'm back here on the next Sunday of how much the Atlanta area actually raised for Bibles, because I like to keep you all updated on that. But uh, we were in 46 churches this morning too. And uh, like I said, we have nine speakers, so we had to pull out 30 some odd speakers from other camps to come here to speak. Justin, he's from the Hugh Springs area, okay? We had people come from Miller County, a few from Louisiana. We had some coming from as far as Palestine. But the thing about the Gideons are is when they're, those camps are in need, when they have their rallies, they pull us to go do that work for them too. Amen. So, you know, we travel a lot. And that's why a lot of times I'll, I'll call Miss Donna and say, hey, I can, I'll be out for the Gideons this week. And uh, But it's not from, uh, it's something I prayed about a long time. It took me seven years to committed <coughs> to the Gideon ministry. When I first got uh, informed from the Gideon was a, at a church at uh, Red Lake we went to, and a guy named Pete, he was a Gideon. And he asked me to be a Gideon. I was in my 30s. I tell him, no, that's just all for old people. I ain't doing that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I didn't know what it was about. Didn't even, I knew it was about Bibles and that kind of thing, but I just everybody I knew was in the Gideon was real old, and I was a young guy. I just thought, that ain't for me. I didn't even pray about it. didn't think nothing about it. This, I'm going to run through this real quick. Well, uh, we moved. Well, I took that application and gave me and stuck it up in a box in the closet. Well, when we moved, that application fell off the top of the box, and I looked at it like, what is this? It's a manila envelope. It must be something triggers opened up. Oh, it's the Gideon deal. I, I'm not going to be a Gideon. I'm going to put it over here. Okay, so I stuck it back in another box when we moved. Well, we get over here to Queen City, move here, and the Gideon speaker comes, and, uh, you know, I, I started thinking about Pete and that application in my closet. I was like, man, I don't know if that's for me or not. But I am getting older, so maybe, you know. <laughs> Just a couple of years older, you know. Well, so I didn't contact the Gideons. I didn't have anything to do with it. About a year later, I was looking for something. We, we packed that box up, and I was trying to find something we had packed up. But when you move, you realize that you don't need everything that you needed before. We're going to live a little simpler this time, you know what I mean? So you got boxes packed everywhere. So we were looking for something, and I went and found that box, and there that, that application was again. Well, it wasn't a week later. We had a Gideon speaker here again, one week. And after that Gideon speaker left, I came out and told Pastor Gary, I said, you know what? I need to get in contact with those Gideons. In seven years, I run a call across an application four or five times. You know, so there's something there, more to it. I prayed about it. He got me in contact with Virgil. Y'all probably all know Virgil. But uh, I called him, and uh, he said, uh, he said, well, son, how old are you? I said, well, I'm 40. I think I was 40, 44 at that time. I said, 44. 44. You know, that was his response. Said, yes, sir. He said, well, I'll tell you what, we're going to meet down here. It's at 6.30, come on down here. I mean, he was all you know, excited about it. He wanted to keep on talking, keep on talking. So I go down there to the meeting. I walk in the room and everybody just kind of goes. <laughs> they just stare at me like, this guy is lost. He ain't supposed to be here. What's this young cat doing in his room? You know, that's what they're thinking. <laughs> well, I go in, I introduce myself to the guys and uh, they asked me about what I, why I was there. I told them. They asked me about why I thought I would be a Gideon. Be, you know, want to join the Gideons. I said, well, I want to join the Gideons. I'd like to. I'd like to talk to you about it, see what it's about. So they told me what, you know, a little bit more information about it. 
And then uh, they said, well, you got to qualify if you want to become a speaker. Said, we need speakers. I said, well, how do I qualify? You know, because I was like, when I want to do something, you can ask my family, my immediate family, I, I get into it. I want to do it, you know. And uh, so I, it was, they gave me three weeks to kind of study up on the history of the Gideons and all that, and I was able to present my my speech to them, and they brought in Justin and two other guys from other camps to, to do the qualifications. Well, I qualified to speak. It was probably two months before I actually got my first church. <coughs> so, that's kind of the process of the Gideon ministry, is there is a thing, there is some things you have to go through to be accepted. But uh, like I said, they, they are an exceptional group of men there. Uh, I've learned a whole lot from just listening to each one of them. Uh, for them to share a testimony or something they went through in life or even their church experience when they go out to speak. We all grow from that just like we do here as brothers and sisters when we share Jesus together. We all learn and we grow from it. But, uh, you know, like I said, the Gideon uh, ministry is down on numbers. And like I said, I mean, we would love to have anybody in here that feels like they may be, it might be something for them to join, to do, to come down there and meet with us and talk to us about it. Like I said, I thought I was too young, you know. But once I met those guys, I found my spot. Amen. And, uh, you know, I, I talked to Pastor Gary about it. And he said, well, you know, if you feel like that's what you need to do, he supported me behind my decisions on it. And I knew it was going to take me out of here on some Sundays and stuff like that. But like Gary said, hey, you're out and about doing work for the Lord. Amen. And that's what all ministries are talking about. Amen to work. So uh, I appreciate you guys more than you'll ever know for sure for being y'all's, I guess you could say, local Gideon or church Gideon or however you want to say it. But uh, y'all mean the world to me, my family. Uh, me and Carrie, y'all just don't understand how much we, we talk about the church and people here. And just when we walk through them doors, the love that we feel from each one of you, the support y'all give us in all things that we're a part of through the Gideons, through the youth ministries, through the the uh, Christmas box deals, I mean, just y'all go above and beyond on everything that we that we do and we ask for y'all's help on and we definitely appreciate that. Uh, I want to leave you with this. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, I got into writing the daily devotionals and uh, and it's just something I pray about. The Lord, he'll give me a word and I'll take that word, I'll look at the meaning of it and then I'll look at those scriptures to find out scriptures where that word is being used and then I just pray about that and I usually try to let the Holy Spirit lead me into writing something about how it can be used in everyday life through kingdom work, like what Pastor Gary said. Well, this day, this particular day, the word light came to mind. You know, the word light means the natural agent that stimulates sight and makes things visible. We know that God created light. It says so in Genesis 1-3. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. It goes on to say that he created the lights in the expanse of the heavens. He also made two great lights, one to rule the day and a lesser to rule the night. And he made the stars. In John chapter 1 it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. He did this in the beginning to separate light 
from darkness. That's big, right? Very, very. Throughout the Bible, there are many references about the light of the world, Jesus. At his birth, a star was marking his birthplace on earth. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That's in 1 John 1 through 9. So God is light, and his son Jesus was sent as the light of the world to bring forth truth and love in a world full of darkness. As our relationships grow, and as we accept Jesus as our Savior, darkness is separated and our eyes are visibly open to truth and love that can only come from the light of the world, Jesus. We are then called to be a light and to shine bright so all that reside in darkness may find the way, the truth, and the life that God has intended for all of His creation to have. So today, be the light that God has called you to be from the flickering flame to the bold high beam flashlight, someone is searching for the way. Amen. They just need the path to be lit up before them. So shine. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. That's in Matthew 5.14. In the same way it says, let your light shine before men, I mean before others. So they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. That's in Matthew 5.16. Like I said, we're all called. We're all chosen. We all accepted Jesus as our Savior. We are to be disciples. We are to go out and share His Word, the good news to the lost, and to be the light that God has called each of us to be. Now thank you again, church for your prayers. I thank you for the, your donations for the Gideon ministry. I thank you for the support of the Gideon ministry by just letting people come in and be able to speak and talk about what's going on in the world. You know, one thing I can say, this is the last thing I'm going to say, is that, uh, you know, we go into a lot of places. We are blessed in most places we go into. But there's going to come a time well, this right here is going to be harder to find, yes. harder to get, harder for us to even speak about to others. So we need to use the time that we have today to make an impact on what's going on outside those doors now. Right. I love you guys, and I thank you again. Brother Randy, yes, ma'am. I want to add something to your your speech about Bibles. Okay. If we made, if we we donated thirty four hundred dollars. And that will buy 2,616 Bibles. You said one Bible will touch 2,300 people in a year. Right. 2,616 Bibles times 2,300 people is 6,016,800 people we can touch with the Bibles we bought for you right. guys today. Oh yeah, and like I said, not only that, that's a lot of people. 
But some Bibles, like we've talked about earlier, are passed down through generations to generations. So that Bible has a chance to impact lives from over and over and over again. So yeah, like you said, I mean, thirty-four hundred dollars. That's a big impact. Six million people we can touch. So I appreciate y'all, and like I said, <clears throat> you don't know how much it means to me. Like like I said earlier, to be a part of a church that is giving, but also to be a part of a church that is so supportive to missions. Like we said earlier, like Miss Anita said earlier. You know, we, we don't do a lot with missions, but actually we do a whole lot with missions, if you think about it. Yeah, exactly. So just keep doing And like I said, keep opening this up. I mean, like I said, this Bible looks tattered like it's been through a hundred times. It's got a lot of pocket wear on it. You've got to open it up and read it. That's how the Word becomes effective. Okay? Thank you, guys. <coughs> You know, Brother Randy's given us a whole lot to think about tonight, hasn't he? Amen. And as he talked about the Bethsaida Church <laughs> over at Ida, uh, I couldn't help but sit here and weep because uh, I walked into this church. It was just like that. Lifeless. Broke. No insurance. No nothing. Paying, they were collecting money to pay the bills, trying to decide to lock the doors. There's such a need for men and women to begin to work. You know, we, we like to keep everything here, don't we? That was a great problem with the disciples in the day of Christ, <coughs> where he had told them to go get there for in all the world, and they wanted to stay right there. And as much as I want to keep Randy and Carrie right here, right here, because they're so valuable, right here, they serve a great purpose by being somewhere else. Amen. Like they did today. Yeah. You can serve a greater purpose by being somewhere else, doing kingdom work, not somewhere else, not the fishing hole, not all, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about doing the kingdom work God. There's so many little churches that are struggling around. And then Anita had done that before I ever came here. That's why I came here, was because we we would like to go just a little struggling church and go in and and we would preach and and and, and, and just try our best to help them do and and every every time we went to one it would begin to grow. It's amazing. It would, I wasn't even a preacher, and it would start to grow, just like it did here. People are hungry. Mm -hmm. yes, they but are. they need men <coughs> of God to step up. And one of the things I prayed to the Lord about, about this church, because see, you see so many churches that when that pastor leaves, it just <coughs> cradles. Now you're not following the pastor. If something wanted to happen to take me away from here, what would you do? Well, I ain't going there anymore. I, I, we ain't going there anymore. He ain't there anymore. Please don't do that. That's why I encourage people to get up in this pulpit, to, to stand here on Sunday night. I encourage that. I want you to do that. I, and when any time a man comes to me and says, I got something I want to share, you're going to get to do that right here. Because sometimes the pastor can't be here. And somebody's got to fill in that gap. 
And it's so much better. Paul did that. Paul did that. Every church he went to, you know what he started doing? That's why we got the book, uh, letter to Timothy. He was encouraging the young man, you need to step up. You need to be a teacher. You need to know this about God. He was encouraging him and training him to be able to minister in the church and be a preacher. Amen? Everybody can't be a preacher. But everybody can speak. I'll never forget when Brother Troy first got here. I still remember his, first, his message. But God. Never forgot it. We need that. We need that. If the little churches that are dying had those, just a couple of those men to stand up every Sunday and proclaim, the congregation would stay. And somebody to take the lead. That's all of our responsibility. All of us. Amen? Everybody that gets up and fills that void is not a called preacher. Amen? Everybody's not. <coughs> It can lead to that, but everybody's not. We need men of God, chosen people, to do what they know to do, to study the Word, and to be able to convey that Word to someone else. And y'all, we like to come to church and sit and be entertained. We want to be, we want to be entertained at church. It's not about that. The singing Carrie does is beautiful, and it led to an atmosphere of worship. It led to a spirit-filled atmosphere, and that's great. That's great. The Bible says we're saved by the foolishness of preaching. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation. And the infilling of the Holy Spirit is the power within us to live that gospel, to live what we've been shown and told and studied. And y'all, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> The Bible tells us, and I, I tell, I've told you all this before, there's no such thing. When you stand before the Lord, ignorance is not going to be a plea or an excuse. Because the Bible says that at one time God winked at the ignorance of men, but not anymore. He don't wink at ignorance anymore. You know why? Because he, he gave his son, died for us. It ain't funny no more. It ain't about the cows and the bulls and the goats and the sheep. It's about his son now. And what he did for, for me is enough for me to want to proclaim him. <laughs> is it enough for you? Whether you choose to be the Gideon or you just choose to stand up on Sunday nights and say, I've got, I got something I want to say. Something I studied in the Word, I want to share it with you. Something the Lord said to me, and you'd be surprised how I many hallelujahs you'd get because He's sharing things with everybody. But see, we serve the, the same God. Amen? And we're all His people. And He wants to teach us that way. Thank you, Brother Randy. God bless you. Thank you for sharing tonight. And thank you for going.